for the economy, that's the cold, hard truth. Money does make the world go around, and when you don't have any, the world looks very different. $10 billion. Already gone under alert level four. Full lockdown. Likely slashed 37% off New Zealand's economy. COVID-19 slammed shut shop doors, cut us off from our cafe coffee fixes and halted renovations, spending restricted to what you could do remotely by credit card. And tens of thousands of jobs are on the line. There were record job losses in April with 37,500 fewer people in work compared to March. That's the largest fall since Statistics New Zealand started counting filled jobs 20 years ago. Now we're entering a second wave, which could be longer and bigger. Ten weeks of it from June to August, a prediction of up to 80,000 jobs lost, potentially 120,000 jobs gone in total. That's led to staggering levels of government borrowing just to keep things afloat. Debt skyrockets $200 billion over the next four years, 53.6% of GDP. And how we pay for it, it will be paid back a little bit year by year. Uh, and it will keep going, not just our generation, but our children and our grandchildren, unless there's something magical. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang, and today on The Detail, spending in the wake of COVID-19 and how it's changed. We're looking at an extraordinarily challenging period for the retail industry. Consumer spending is um, down at the moment. Uh, consumer confidence is at what's probably pretty close to an all-time low. But not everyone is feeling the bite. We've definitely seen probably the best winter so far, and it's all Kiwis. We suspect probably millions of dollars have gone back into the economy. Now that we have a chance to open our wallets again, we're being encouraged to spend and travel locally. But can that last? These New Zealand-made or buy-made or support local campaigns always pop up and then disappear and then pop up and disappear over the last few years and things like that. But I, I really believe that we're onto something. I looked at the numbers and thought, gosh, if we don't replace that international, we'll really struggle to survive. Julie Kidman's fears during lockdown will strike a chord with many business owners. She runs a yacht charter company in the Bay of Islands called Great Escape Sailing. International tourists usually account for nearly half her business. So shut borders, no income for four weeks and the off-season coming up meant things weren't looking great. But then... Post-COVID, like as soon as we got out of lockdown, our queries just came like through the roof. It was like people were looking for something interesting or different to do. Um, and normally over winter, this is quite a quiet period for us, but we're getting a lot of queries and we've had people want to go out. And it is winter, so it's a little bit colder. It's not perfect sailing conditions all the time, but people are just really keen to get out there and have a go. So I'd say we've definitely seen probably the best winter so far, and it's all Kiwis. Right. And so what are the numbers like? So we've got 11 boats, and um, normally this time of year we, we wouldn't have that many out. Um, but we've actually got a couple of days this week where I haven't actually had enough boats. So, yeah. Wow, okay. That's Well, that's good news for you. It's great news, and it's really cool that we're getting people, you know, learning how to sail and getting out there in the outdoors. Do you think that consumer spending in New Zealand have changed? Overall, that would be hard for me to say. Um, we're kind of in that affordable budget holiday anyway. 
So I think we appealed to Kiwis. Um, but I think maybe people are actually willing to give things a go. And I think learning to sail is probably one of those things that people have always had on there. Oh, one day it would be nice to. And perhaps the COVID experience has got people thinking, you know, that thing we were always going to do, now it's about time we did it. From my perspective, it seems like the people we're interacting with are much more interested in the doing of things than maybe the buying of things to have. And I guess it's probably because we're in the doing business, but certainly I'm seeing you know, a real keenness for people to try something new and really engage in New Zealand. And figures from Paymark, New Zealand's biggest FPOS service provider, also reveal some good news. For the last eight weeks, consumers have been spending more per week this year compared to the same time last year. This is for retail and non-retail goods. There was a sharp fall in spending during Level 4, but at the start of May, we were spending an average of $54 per transaction compared to about $42 in 2019. Greg Hartford is the chief executive of Retail NZ and he says there was a flurry of buying right after the lockdown lifted. There was a whole range of things, um, especially in the sort of hardware and homeware space, um, things that people needed for doing jobs around the house that they hadn't been able to get during the lockdown. Uh, but right through the retail sector, um, into fashion, uh, footwear, uh, sporting goods, there were a whole whole range of things that um, people really uh, wanted to be able to purchase during the, the six weeks of the lockdown, but weren't able to do so. But Paymark data does show that the burst of spending has now flatlined. And Greg Harford says retail is going to suffer. Households have got less money coming in, uh, they've got less money in their pockets. There's quite a lot of uncertainty out there around uh, jobs um, and, and people are not feeling as, as secure and confident as they, they were three or four months ago. It's natural then that we will see a bit of a slowdown in consumer spending, but I think the really worrying thing from a retail point of view is that that slowdown um, is coming at a time when retailers are struggling to recover from the lockdown period where they had fixed costs accruing uh, but no revenue coming in the door. What kind of products are actually harder to sell now? We're seeing some real value-seeking behaviour by consumers. They're looking to get great value for, for the money that they are spending. So we're seeing a trend towards more basic brands and a move away from some of the luxury brands that might be in the market. So uh, it's a move towards um, home brand foods, for example, and some of those uh, bigger name brands uh, will be those that, that are harder to shift at the moment. What would your advice be to businesses then, particularly, as you say, those more... Um, luxury brands? I think the best advice uh, for any business at the moment is to look really carefully at your market and how to work out how you can uh, reposition your business to take account of the, the changing customer dynamic. We know that customers are still, uh, despite COVID, they're still looking for convenience, they're still looking for uh, ease of purchase, they're still looking increasingly to go online to make those purchases. And in fact, you can potentially look to increase your market share globally by moving online and selling more of your product online. Right, and speaking of online, how much have sales actually increased on this platform now? 
Yeah. Online sales have jumped uh, very substantially during the, the COVID period. Um, we saw sort of a 350, 400% increase in sales overall wow. online during the lockdown. Now, that has dropped back a little bit now. We think that about 20% of all spending at the moment is happening online. Um, that doesn't necessarily sound like a lot, but it's more than twice what it was pre-lockdown. So we've seen uh, a big a big change in consumer behaviour. They're looking more to make those online transactions. And I think there's, there's a good number of people who perhaps um, weren't regular online shoppers uh, until the lockdown and then when they were sitting at home and, and needing to shop online in the later stages of the lockdown they, they discovered that actually it was really easy, really convenient and, and they've, they've carried on that behaviour uh, post the lockdown period. And what other industries have benefited from this jump in online sales? We've seen, I think, over a number of years, quite strong growth in uh, the number of packages and courier parcels being delivered through uh, both post and courier networks. That's where the growth's been for for a long time as we've been shifting into online. Um, The COVID situation has really accelerated that trend and dropped an awful lot more product into the market relatively quickly. Uh, So there's a challenge for the the courier networks to make sure they've got the capacity there to be able to get those goods delivered. But um, overall, I think it's a continuation of a trend that we have seen for a little while. And I think through the COVID period, we had some real challenges with courier services services because in the early stages of the lockdown, courier volumes dried up because no one was able to send anything or very few businesses were able to send uh, any product. Um, And we know that courier networks were down 65-odd percent in terms of volume. Uh, And then, of course, as as the economy has opened up again, uh, we've seen a big boost in those volumes. So um, there's been a bit of a few challenges there, I think, for uh, courier networks to deal with. But from what I'm hearing, they've done that well and are largely back on track. And I guess the other beneficiary from this would be those in the tech industry, right? Having to develop these online platforms for companies. Yeah, there's certainly been a big rush to get online. It was a little bit of a surprise uh, to us that you know, during the lockdown we we surveyed our members and, and about a quarter of them were telling us that actually they had no online presence at all. Wow, um, no so online presence at all. A- absolutely. And some of those will be cafes and hospitality businesses where you wouldn't necessarily expect a good online um, presence there. But, but a number of them are more just traditional bricks-and-mortar retailers who have never quite got on to, to going online because they haven't seen that as being a key part of their, their growth story. But I think what we've seen uh, has been um, you know, huge interest in moving online and moving online very quickly. It, it can be quite challenging if you're a small business to set up uh, an e-commerce store or even to sell through social media. There's a range of things you need to think about. You've got to have processes in place to manage your stock. You've got to have logistic services in place to deliver the products you're selling. And you've got to have payment systems that uh, allow you to take payment over the internet. So there are a few things to think about. Um, we've been working hard with some of our members to help them get across the line and several businesses have, have moved uh, quite successfully online and um, some existing players indeed have even been expanding their markets during the period of lockdown. Do you think these changes that we've seen during COVID-19 will continue into the future? I think we're looking at an extraordinarily challenging period for the retail industry. Consumer spending is um, down at the moment. Uh, consumer confidence is at 
what's probably pretty close to an all-time low, it's going to be difficult for retailers to, to manage through that because obviously they're kind of the, the bellwether of the economy, if you like, um, when people have less money in their pockets. Uh, discretionary spending in retail is the thing which often gets hit first. Um, so it's going to be a difficult period. Um, but that said, we are seeing and have seen um, a big shift towards online and we've seen a big shift towards customers seeking um, really good value. So retailers, I think, uh, who can play in that online space or in that digital space more generally and retailers who can really deliver good value alongside a great customer experience are those who will successfully make it through. Right, and when you talk about great customer experience, what do you mean? Great customer experience is important both online and in any digital space as well as in store. So it is around having a website that's easy to find, easy to do business with, you really don't want to make it hard for your customers um, and you need, a, you need a digital presence that really sells the, the value of the product that you're offering to, to customers. In store, there's a range of ways you can deliver a great customer experience, whether that's through uh, the use of new technology in store, uh, the use of staff members to, to welcome, greet, around having um, added value products available, perhaps a playground for the kids, or coffee for the customers, that sort of thing. There's a whole, whole range of things you can do. What is you know, your message to people who are nervous about spending more money during this time? Well, we're certainly encouraging people to, at this point, shop local. Um, make sure you're dealing with a reputable New Zealand business and preferably a brand that you know and trust. There's lots of good reasons to get out and support retail. Not only do you get the products you need, um, but by supporting local retailers, you're helping keep Kiwis in work and, and ultimately helping keep vibrancy in our town centres because it's retail and hospitality working together um, that really keep our, our town centres alive. Have you seen an increase of awareness from Kiwis to really spend locally? And, and buy New Zealand-made products. Yeah, we've seen quite a quite a shift, I think, from consumers around wanting to support their local businesses. Buying and supporting local plays a key part in our COVID recovery. And many New Zealand small businesses have received a boost in the past few weeks, thanks in part to one Facebook group page. From luxury petware to te reo wrapping paper or even sustainable caskets, you can find anything on the New Zealand Made Products Facebook page. This group has um, created a really gorgeous and incredible place to find a lot of local products but alternatives to things that we would typically buy um, but also things you didn't know you needed. <laughs> right, what, what are some things that you didn't know you needed? Um, I didn't know I needed walnut brittle. <laughs> walnut brittle? Yes. What is walnut it is, brittle? It is actually my kryptonite. Like, I did not even know it existed or it, it was a thing. Um, brittle is just like a, a caramel that's been hardened. You wait for it to set. But in this case, they chuck walnuts in it and um, things like that. Oh, so good. <laughs> Very good. That's Sarah Colcord. She created the New Zealand Made Products Facebook group back in April during Level 4 lockdown. Probably within the first week, it went from a um, couple of my friends to about 7,000 members by the end of the first week. Then the next week, week two, we were tripping over about 30,000 members and the growth just continued to, and continued and continued. Um, obviously, I could not have predicted that the growth would be really really substantial, but also grow so quickly. 
the group now has more than 500,000 members. And Sarah has her own ideas about why it's been so successful. So obviously timing. Uh, week two of lockdown, everyone is in a space of disconnection. You know, everyone's at, stuck at home. Um, and the only means of connection that we, you know, have accessible or right in front of us is uh, social media being one of the main ones or landlines, mobiles, things like that. And so one of the first places people go to is social media to um, connect with people, connect with relatives, friends that were disconnected from during this period of time. Um, but also just uh, word of mouth. So what ended up happening in the first few weeks was when a few people who used to occupy markets posted in the group and they realised that they had a lot of success in the group, they then told their friends who also occupied markets with them, you know, about this new place online, come in, you should post about your business, X, Y, Z. And so we, we, we saw a lot of people coming in um, after hearing about the group from their friends or their family Another factor for the reason why the group continues to grow and is so successful is, um, you know, we are producing outcomes. If you go in the group, you see that um, it's kind of levelled the playing field and allowed everyone to have like a, a sense of success in terms of, you know, everyone's essentially an influencer. Everyone's right. becoming viral. You know, some people would post on their Facebook page, normally may get 20 likes in this Facebook group. You know, they're getting hundreds or maybe thousands of likes. And so that's that's not only really encouraging and um, really impactful, but it's leading to um, website traffic's growing and also leading to to these businesses getting more sales and revenue coming into their businesses. Um, and so obviously if you're making a lot of sales and having such a huge impact, you're going to tell more people about it. You're going to um, tell your friends and family. You're going to tell people, you know, join this group. You know, I'm having so much success, success in this group. So, Do you think that, though, the success of this group uh, is something that's come out of people not being able to go out and buy things? Or do you think that this group is actually going to be sustainable into the future? I mean, yeah, so I, I completely agree with both of those points. A lot of the success was because we were in alert level four, we were in lockdown, everyone was in a sense of disconnection and trying to find means in which they could continue their consumer behaviour of buying things, but having to do it locally because, you know, as the borders close and shops close and things like that, um, the way in which we would normally buy things, we were suddenly locked out of. And so people were essentially forced to come into this one-stop shop location right. to continue those consumer behaviours or those those things that they were buying before but now having to f to get it in another way and means. When we dropped down from alert level four to three, we did notice um, obviously a dip in the group in terms of engagement, but in a few days following that, it picked up right back to where it was Interesting. before. Interesting, right. Do you have any idea why? Well, I think a lot of the, the group is, you know, is just really exciting to be a part of. I did keep an eye on it and I did suspect that as we were getting closer to level three, that the group, that, you know, what's going to happen to the group. Because um, naturally, you know, if the group has formed out of a need, is the need st still going to be there once we've dropped down a level and things like that. And as we continue to move down the levels, four to three, three to two, two to one, um, although the engagement somewhat um, tethered off a bit, it, it picked up and then it tethered off with each um, drop that we, we continued to go through. But even then, the group has picked up once again and we're still continuing to see growth. And it's not just consumers buying products, it's other businesses buying products too. 
there was a burger joint owner. He posted in the group to promote, you know, at some point in time, I'm going to be opening my shop and this is what I'll be doing. But not only that, he ended up sourcing a few um, people that could build him some bar leaners and some bar stalls out of this Facebook group. Right. And um, so it's, it's almost coming full circle. You know, not only are businesses posting to promote their businesses, but they're using people in the group, other businesses, to get what they need to, you know, to get their suppliers and things like that. And actually, I've seen a shift in some of the posts now, people contacting businesses to take on some of their stock to put them in their Kiwiana stores or their gift shops and things like that around the country. A few other stories is um, there is a a tea shop. Um, She's been part of the group for um, since the beginning of time as well. Since posting in the group, not only has she um, been taken on by three retailers in New Zealand, she's also got two retailers in Australia lined up to take on her products as well. Um, So, yeah, it's incredible. There's been so much interest in the group that Sarah is launching a New Zealand-made products app next month. She'll also be teaming up with New Zealand boxer Monty Beetham to talk about one local business each week in a Facebook live stream. You could say that this Facebook group is really just a ginormous awareness campaign yeah. <laughs> towards supporting local and um, buying buying locally. Um, and for me, myself, I know that it's definitely created a sense of awareness now. Whenever I pick up something off the shelf, the first thing I check for is, you know, where is this actually made? Prior to this Facebook group, that wouldn't have, have even crossed my mind to do something like that. And I know that I am not the only person that is going through the sudden change, uh, you know, sense of awareness towards um, where things come from, where things are produced and manufactured. And, um, yeah, I could say it's the same for a lot of people who have come through the group um, and are now, yeah, shifted their focus towards, actually, where do my my things I buy, my socks that I would usually get from XYZ come from? I think people are putting a lot more energy and effort into purchasing local, but also are willing to pay that little bit extra if it's coming from New Zealand, if it's if it's New Zealand made. I've definitely seen that. And will that continue into the future? I mean... From what I've observed over the years, you know, these um, New Zealand-made or buy-made or support local campaigns always pop up and then disappear and then pop up and disappear over the last few years and things like that. Um, but I, I really believe that we're onto something, that we've mm. created a movement, not just a Facebook group, but actually in a, a whole movement and awareness campaign. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ on Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile phone every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, give us a rating so other people can find us too. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansel and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Julie Kidman, Greg Harford and Sarah Colcord. Matewa. Money makes the world go round.